is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. America, Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We start this evening, ladies and gentlemen, with a breaking news report from CNN, from CNN, about an hour and a half ago. Hundreds likely dead in Gaza hospital blast as Israeli blockade cripples medical response. By Jesse Young, Tara John, Sananor Haq, and Jahid Mahmoud. CNN, Palestinian officials say hundreds were killed by a massive blast at a Gaza hospital on Tuesday as humanitarian concerns mount over Israel's deprivation of food, fuel, and electricity to the enclave's population. Al-Hali Baptist Hospital was sheltering thousands of displaced people when it was bombed Tuesday, the Palestinian Health Ministry said in a statement. Many victims are still under the rubble, it added. First two paragraphs. Third paragraph. Palestinian officials blamed ongoing Israeli strikes for the lethal incident, but the Israeli Defense Forces have categorically denied any involvement in the hospital attack, blaming instead a failed rocket launch by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad group, a rival Islamist group in Gaza. Gaza has been under siege by Israel for more than a week in response to the deadly incursion by Hamas, the Islamist militant group that controls the coastal enclave, home to 2.2 million people. Hospitals, meanwhile, are struggling to tend to the wounded across the territory, operating with shortages of electricity and water. Vital humanitarian aid is meanwhile piling up at Gaza's shuttered border, despite diplomatic efforts to open a corridor from Egypt. The UN and other officials have said they need assurance of safe passage for a potential aid, for potential aid convoys. And it goes on. 99% of that is a lie. 99% of that is a lie. And the corporation that owns CNN 
should be ashamed of what it's putting out there, particularly at a time of war that could involve the United States supporting the enemy. CNN supports the enemy. The New York Times supports the enemy. The vast majority of the media in America and Europe support the enemy. The enemy of America, the enemy of the West, the enemy of Israel. Now, let me just say this to you. Now we know what moves the media. An allegation from Hamas that Israel blew up a hospital in Gaza. Despite the fact that Israel does not target hospitals and is well aware of the outcry if it did target a hospital. In fact, there's now video showing that the Palestinian Islamic Jihad fired off a wave of missiles toward Israel at the same time Apparently one of them hit the hospital. But the media are poised. They're poised. To attack Israel. To attack Israel. And this Islamic Jihad works side by side with Hamas. They're the ones who fired a barrage of missiles at Israel. One of them fell short, hitting the hospital. There's a video out now. And they have the data to back it up. In fact, about 30% of the missiles Palestinian terrorists fired Israel misfire, causing damage and death in Gaza. I'll bet CNN didn't report that. I understand the media are disappointed. I understand that. And I understand that now there's pressure on Israel to make sure that the terrorists, the Nazis aren't shooting errant missiles. Somehow that's now Israel's responsibility. We're told this couldn't have happened at a worse time for Israel. So now Israel's responsible for an Islamic Jihad missile that hits a hospital in Gaza. I understand Iran, the Palestinian Authority, the Arab countries don't care about the facts. They have dictators in every damn one of these countries. There's not a democracy in the Arab world, not one. They're dictators, they're monarchs, they're terrorists, they're dictators, whatever they are, they are. But the fact that the media regurgitate these lies from terrorists and are poised to condemn Israel at virtually every turn is uncomfortable. Will anybody at CNN resign over what CNN is doing? Now, we know who committed the atrocity against the Jews on October 7th, including babies in their cribs, people burned alive, people decapitated. In one case, one of the forensic medical doctors said, listen to this one, Mr. Producer. They took little kids group them into what I'll call a pile, and set them all on fire at once. There was a burning pile of children. One of these forensic medical doctors was very active after 9-11. 
going into the rubble to try and find bodies and so forth. And he was driven to tears. He was interviewed. He said, I, I, I've never seen anything like this. I can't even imagine anything like this. He described one pregnant woman who had her belly sliced open. Her baby was slashed to death. The umbilical cord was still attached and they shot her in the back of the head. I guess for the media that has to happen in a hospital to make it matter. So we know who committed these atrocities. They even took video of the atrocities. They were so proud of themselves. We know who slaughtered 30 Americans and have a dozen or two American hostages. We know who started it all and always does, whose mission statement calls for the eradication of the Jews and all non-believers. So when you get a report like this, and Hamas is saying Israel did it, and we lost 500 people in order to get the Arab street all fired up, and these dictators and terrorists and monarchs who run these countries throw in immediately because they don't want to be overthrown. Who do you believe? You're in a newsroom, and the story comes in, and Hamas is immediately saying it's Israel. You go with a story like that? Most of our media do. Most of our media go with it. And then in a sickening example of professional malpractice, they'll kind of step back when the facts come out and then they'll move on. Then they'll move on. Here's Netanyahu at a press conference just a little bit ago. Cut one, go. Hamas uh, are the new Nazis. Hamas is ISIS, in some instances worse than ISIS. And just as the world united to defeat the Nazis, just as the world united to defeat ISIS, the world has to stand united behind Israel to defeat Hamas. This is a part of an axis of evil uh, of Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas. Their goal, open goal, is to eradicate the state of Israel. The open goal of Hamas is to kill as many Jews as they could, and the only difference is they would have killed every last one of us, murdered every last one of us, if they could. They just don't have the capacity, but they murdered an extraordinary 1,300 civilians, which in American terms is like many, many, many 9-11s. So obviously we must take action to defeat Hamas and to ensure that this doesn't happen again, but this is not only our battle, it is our common battle the battle of civilization against barbarism. Uh, and if it's not stopped here, this savagery will reach you very soon and reach the entire world. Already has. Democracies in Europe have been overrun with immigrants from the Middle East. Our own country, same thing. You see the protesters in the streets. Obviously, they're not all from the Middle East, but many are, and they're funded by Hamas-related organizations. 
I've been through this in great detail. It's inarguable. It's unequivocal. And they're here. On at least 300 college campuses. And they're here in our media, like at MSNBC. CNN. New York Times. Washington Post. They are here. The Democrat Party on Capitol Hill. Talib, Omar, AOC, and the rest of the scum on the Democrat Party left. Don't hit a hospital. You can hit a kibbutz, by the way. You can hit a synagogue. You can murder people in their beds. You can kill Holocaust survivors. You can kill babies in a thousand different ways. You can rape, you can pillory, you can slaughter 265 teenagers at a music event for peace. Have at it. Just don't hit the hospital. And they didn't hit the hospital. The people who slaughtered Jews on October 7th, who wanted to kill more Jews because they're shooting missiles, from schools and hospitals and mosques and other places where the Biden administration says you cannot attack. In a more northern part of the Gaza Strip, Islamic Jihad of Palestine fired a barrage of missiles, and at least one, and they think maybe more than one, fell short and hit the hospital. There's now video of this. And yet CNN writes the crap that CNN writes. And what about the humanitarian concerns? It's amazing to me, the humanitarian concerns. First of all, context, history, our own war, World War II. We had no concerns about humanitarian efforts at all when we went to war against the Japanese, the Germans, and the Italians. None. Zero. In fact, we were targeting hospitals, Schools. Anything we could. To break the spirit. Of the Nazis. Of Imperial Japan. And fascist Italy. Citizens were targeted all through World War II. But Israel doesn't target citizens. But you can't fight a war without citizens dying. And if I have to explain night after night, day after day, time after time, the difference between targeting citizens and citizens who die as a result of war launched by their own regime. And if I have to explain again and again and again the unconscionable effort of creating moral equivalency, then these people have no morality. They don't know the difference between good and evil. I'm talking about the American and European media. What does it take? What do they need to see? What do they need to hear? What do they need to read? The answer is, it doesn't matter. The American media are our enemy. We don't have a free press. We have propagandists and demagogues. That's what we have. Who are free, under our First Amendment, to be propagandists and demagogues. 
We don't have freedom of speech and academic freedom on our Democrat-controlled and funded college campuses with your tax dollars. We have indoctrination, brainwashing, the creation of a generation of American-hating Americans and terror-loving Americans as long as the target is the United States and Israel. More when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals. Let me tell you the difference, as there are many, between a culture of life and a culture of death. Many people in America, especially Jews and Jews in Israel, but Christians, moderate Muslims, and so forth and so on. When they heard that this hospital was hit, particularly the Israelis, they said, oh my God, let's hope it's not us. Let's hope it's not one of our jets. And it wasn't. The Arab world has not condemned, as I speak, Islamic Jihad for hitting that hospital. The Arab world last time I checked, does not condemn Hamas for slaughtering Jews. The Arab world, last time I checked, argue over and over about Palestinian statehood, the Palestinian rights, but they won't take one single Palestinian. You'll notice everybody repeats what I say. It's just a matter of time, because I'm right. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals. 
If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. 80 years ago, when your fathers, mothers, your grandfathers or grandmothers were alive, I wouldn't have to come on the radio and explain any of this. Patriotic Americans understood all of this. But since our borders have been wide open, since our immigration policies have been changed, since our colleges and universities have been devoured by the Marxist left, and since our media have become an arm of the Democrat Party and the Biden regime, I have to explain this every night. Because if I don't push back, people will believe what they hear and see. If Hamas hit a hospital in Israel, and hundreds of Israelis died, the world wouldn't genuflect. It wouldn't turn on its heels. Oh, there'd be a statement issued here and there. But two-thirds of the world would celebrate. Two-thirds of the students on our college campuses would celebrate. 9.8 out of 10 professors would celebrate. It wouldn't be an international issue. And you're going to find, as more data come out, as the Israelis put it out there, that this will slowly but surely fade away. Now notice, terrorists like Abbas, he is a terrorist. As I explained last night, the night before, he's already using, I'm not meeting with Biden, no, 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 and condemning Israel. King of Jordan, I'm not going to have a summit. No, 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 no. This guy's father had a civil war with the very same people because Jordan was almost 70% Palestinian. He pushed him out. He didn't believe in a two-state solution. Egypt doesn't believe in a two-state solution. And as for CNN and the rest talking about the humanitarian nightmare in Gaza, there are two borders, one with the Israelis, one with the Egyptians. And in the case of the Egyptians, they have the Sinai Peninsula between the Gaza Strip and Egypt proper. That's a lot of desert. It's not the Israelis who are blocking the passway. It's the Egyptians. You know, the same Egyptians who had intelligence information that they shared apparently with Israel, but not with the United States. About something big's going to happen. And Israel says, we don't know what the hell they're talking about. No, no, no. But we have to believe the Egyptians. We have to believe Hamas. We have to believe the Palestinian Authority. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all strongly reliable. Strongly reliable. Mark Regev, senior advisor to Netanyahu on Fox Today, about this hospital. Cut to go. Obviously, first question is what you can tell us about this strike on this hospital in Gaza City. What do you know, sir? So the, the truth is we're investigating. And as the IDF said in their statement, they're looking into exactly what information we have and what, what happened. What, what we can say is the following. Number one, Israel does not target places like hospitals. They're, they're not a target for us, and we wouldn't have deliberately hit a hospital. Number two... Uh, we know that at the time of the uh, of this uh, tragedy, 
that Hamas was firing a barrage of rockets at Tel Aviv uh, uh, and the center of the country. I myself uh, went to the bomb shelter here at the, uh, because uh, we were under attack. Now, in the past, there has been a pattern of behavior that we've seen that uh, up to a third of rockets fired from Gaza fall inside the Gaza Strip because they malfunction. Now, it is possible. Once again, we don't know the facts, and that's why people should be very careful here. But it is possible uh, that this was one of those rockets that malfunctioned. I spoke to a senior IDF officer just before uh, coming on this uh, program, and he said to me that actually Hamas made a statement saying they were sending a rocket to Haifa. Now, we know Haifa is in northern Israel. Mm -hmm. We know that no such rocket was sent uh, or definitely didn't reach Haifa. And so is it possible that there's a malfunction here. And once again, there's a there's a, a pattern of munitions by Hamas falling short. Uh, we had something in the last round of fighting, uh, the previous round of fighting with Hamas, where with the Islamic Jihad, where a missile did fall short, uh, and that was documented. So at this stage, we don't know what happened. Hamas, of course, the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health in Gaza will be saying it's all Israel's fault. That's part of their narrative. I urge people, let's just wait and see what happened. Let's look at the facts as they develop. Israel does not target hospitals, and we have to get to the bottom of what actually happened, and it'll take a little bit more time. Yeah, it took a little bit more time, and now we know what happened. Islamic Jihad of Palestine fired a barrage of missiles. One or more were short and hit the hospital. There's even video on the Internet. But if... An Israeli jet accidentally hit that hospital. There'd be no doubt that they'd have to confess to that. Even though it's not purposeful, it will be treated as if it's purposeful. Again, moral equivalency, which certainly doesn't exist. One side is immoral and evil, the other side is moral and good. It's that simple. I I don't understand this. I honestly don't. The same ideology that attacked us on 9-11 that have killed Americans for decades now. The same ideology. Where they tell you they want to slaughter us. The same ideology that took Americans hostage under Jimmy Carter. The same terrorists who killed 30 Americans and hold Americans as I speak hostage. And we treat them like non-combatants. Oh, but don't hurt the civilians. Look, we have to defend ourselves. The Israelis have to defend ourselves. The free world has to defend itself. And if there's collateral damage, well, that's too bad. So be it. Because the truth is, if Israel wanted to, it wouldn't need any weapons from the United States, Mr. Producer. It wouldn't have to worry about any hospitals, America. It wouldn't have to worry about humanitarian aid being blocked by the Egyptians. It wouldn't have to worry about any of it. Because it has weapons that would ensure victory. And would eliminate its enemies in a split second. With a whole lot of civilian casualties. But they don't do it. They don't even talk about it. What would Iran do with a nuke? What would the Palestinian terrorists do with a nuke? Who's kidding who around here? 
Israel has had to fight Obama tooth and nail. They have had to fight Biden tooth and nail over the nuclear agreement, which guess what, ladies and gentlemen, within a few hours doesn't even exist anymore. And what does that mean? Under the Obama-Biden deal, with the communist Chinese and the fascistic Russians and all the rest of them, with the appeasers in Europe, it was only Trump who said no. Only Trump. Iran will be able to acquire missiles, provide missiles, arm missiles, and pursue its nuclear ambitions. Why am I the only one talking about this? Why am I the only one talking about this? Instead, we're talking about a hospital that the Islamic Jihad hit where they were blaming the Israelis. How come there's no story about this in CNN tonight? MSNBC? Where are the headlines on the New York Slimes? Iran now has the power and the ability to do... Not a, nothing. Washington Compost, nothing. What's Biden going to do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So Iran will be free. Listen to me. Free to have intercontinental ballistic missiles with nuclear warheads on them aimed at Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, everywhere in the United States. I brought this up on Fox the other day. And a very bizarre argument ensued. Oh, now nuclear war. What do you mean, oh, now nuclear war? I'm not advocating nuclear war. I'm not talking about Ukraine. I'm not talking about China. I'm, I'm explaining what's taking place. There are too many ideologues on both sides, quite frankly. Foreign policy is about prudence. P-R-U-D-E-N-C-E. Three, three, three letters, as Joe Biden would say. Prudence. It's not about ideology. Is it prudent to let the Iranians get nuclear weapons? Is it prudent to fund the, and rearm the Iranians to the tune of $70 billion? Is it prudent to rearm the Palestinian terrorists with hundreds of millions of dollars? Is that prudent? Or is that insane? Is it prudent to fund Hamas for your tax dollars? When we come back, I'm going to show you how this is being done. Is it prudent to have as an ally Qatar, which funds Hamas, which killed 30 Americans and holds Americans hostage? Is it prudent to have an ally in Qatar with a top echelon of the Hamas Nazi terrorists have a safe harbor and are protected? Is it prudent to have just a regular alliance with a NATO member like Turkey that does the same thing? Erdogan, of course, he's a fascistic bastard. He locks up his opponents. He chases him down. He's sort of a mini Putin. He wants to be a Putin. He fixes the results of elections so he can never lose. 
He took what was a fantastic country and turned it into another quasi-Islamo-Nazi regime. That's what he did. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals this weekend, Saturday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern, two great guests, Senator Tom Cotton and General Kellogg, both of whom are superb. Sunday night, again, 8 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to have Pastor Hagee. I like to call him my pastor. He's one of the largest evangelical churches in the nation. He's also the chairman and CEO of KUFI, Christians United for Israel, and he has a lot to say. And the second guest is Eugene Kantorovich, who is a, I've had him on the program before. He's a law professor extraordinaire. And he wants to explain, and will explain, that the siege of Hamas is no war crime. And I want to have them all encounter what the Quislings, and worse, are saying in our own government. So that's a very, very strong lineup, including my opening statements each night. And I hope you will set your DVRs now. Set them this evening, so you don't miss them. Again, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, Sunday, same time, same place, different show, of course. And I think you'll learn more on these shows than you will on virtually any other show. Let me start what I said I would discuss with you from the Daily Mail, how we are funding Hamas. We have allies, Qatar, that's funding Hamas. We have enemies that we rearmed, Iran that's funding Hamas. This is all being done by the Biden administration and the Democrats. I'm sorry, they need to be held accountable. Actually, I'm not sorry, I'm disgusted. How U.S. taxpayer funds, writes the Daily Mail, can flow freely to Hamas and Hezbollah because of the U.N.'s refusal to labor them terrorist organizations. U.S. taxpayer dollars are able to flow freely to Iran-backed Hamas and Hezbollah because the U.N. Security Council won't label them as terrorists, weren't top security experts. Hamas and Hezbollah are not sanctioned or labeled as terror groups by the U.N. Security Council. But other well-known terrorist groups, Al-Qaeda and ISIS, have been officially designated. 
which cuts off their ability to get foreign assistance. Richard Goldberg, a good friend of the program, a good friend of my stepson, good friend of mine, senior advisor of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, tells DailyMail.com that U.S. taxpayer dollars to the U.N. are going directly into the hands of terrorists as a result. That is especially alarming as Hamas and Gaza launched that brutal attack that killed really now about 1,500 people, including 30 Americans. But despite their horrific atrocities, including beheading babies and raping women, the Iran-backed terror group is considered legitimate by the U.N., which has cleared the way for that organization to receive worldwide assistance, including from us. Goldberg told the DailyMail.com the U.N. considers Hamas a legitimate political movement, not a vicious terrorist organization. The same goes for Hezbollah. That means U.S. tax dollars handed over to the U.N. can flow freely into Hamas's hands in Gaza, and they do every day through the U.N.'s so-called Palestinian Refugee Agency. The U.N. has a Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees in the Near East, UNRWA, an agency that works to support the so-called relief and human development of Palestinians, but they fund Hamas and Hezbollah. Goldberg said the Biden administration has given roughly $1 billion to UNRWA, which spends about 38% of its budget on Gaza. Therefore, the U.S. has subsidized Hamas to the tune of $380 million since Joe Biden took office and restarted funding UNRWA. Trump cut it off. I repeat, Trump cut it off. And now they want to put Trump in prison for the rest of his life, and this phony, phony hack judge, Tanya... Chunkin or whatever the hell her name is. She's a Stalinist, and that case somehow needs to be removed from her courtroom. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. We're blessed to be here in this country. And I'm blessed more than most. And I'm blessed to have you in the audience. I want to read something to you. Out of my book, The Democrat Party Hates America. And I think now's the right time to read it. About Franklin Roosevelt. The great Democrat icon. Their favorite president of all time. They write books about him. They do docu-series about him. They have historians talk about him. They have tears in their eyes when they talk about the great Franklin Roosevelt. Doris Kearns Goodwin among them. So this is from my new book. Roosevelt's purposeful inaction during the Holocaust... Now remember, we talked about the New York Times, which covered it up. 
because the media and the Democrats, there's no, there's no space between them. Roosevelt's purposeful inaction during the Holocaust to assist Jews being slaughtered by the millions was contemptible and unconscionable. Professor Medoff explains, here's the president who was regarded as a humanitarian, who portrayed himself as the champion of the little man, who had the power to save many Jews from the Holocaust, but who, to quote Fowler Harper, the Solicitor General for the Interior Department of the 1940s, an FDR appointee, quote, would not lift a finger to help them. His was the administration that kept the immigration quotas 90% underfilled, meaning it could have saved 190,000 Jews under the existing quotas without changing one iota the immigration laws. His was the administration that sent planes to bomb German oil factories less than five miles from the gas chambers of Auschwitz, but refused to instruct them to drop bombs on the gas chambers or the railway lines, even after receiving maps and detailed information about what was happening in the camp. His was the administration that refused to pressure the British to open the gates of Palestine so Jews could find refuge there. Now, Roosevelt had Jewish associates. However, notably, the White House, and particularly the State Department, were populated with several infamous anti-Semites. Just like the Democrat Party today. At the Department of State, where the decisions about immigration and refugee issues were made at the time, Roosevelt nearly always backed the bigots who blocked the migration of Jewish refugees into the United States from Germany and the rest of Europe during the height of the Holocaust. In fact, the U.S. immigration quota from Germany was filled for the first time in 1939, almost filled in 1940, in all other years of Nazi rule, 1933-45. That's 12 years, so that would be 10 years the quota was not filled. The person directly in charge of the visa process at state was Samuel Breckenridge Long, whom Roosevelt met and became good friends with when both served in the Woodrow Wilson administration, Department of the Navy. Long became a major donor to Roosevelt's presidential campaign in 1932 and was previously rewarded with ambassadorship to Italy. Long's dispatches to Washington from Rome praised the fascist Mussolini regime for its well-paved streets, its dapper, black-shirted stormtroopers, I'm quoting, and punctual trains. How do we know this? He kept a diary. In his private diary, Long, quote, described Hitler's Mein Kampf as an eloquent in opposition to Jewry and Jews as exponents of communism and chaos. Also, quote, Long regularly briefed Roosevelt on his efforts to suppress Jewish immigration below the level allowed by existing law. In one dire entry from October 1940, Long mentioned meeting with FDR to discuss the whole subject of immigration, visas, safety of the United States, procedures to be followed. And, quote, I found that he was, says, says Long, 100% in accord with my ideas. Not until 1944, when Congress got wind of Long's doings and began to publicly raise concerns, was Long finally demoted and ultimately left the Department of State. Throughout his life, Roosevelt made blatantly bigoted private (laughs) remarks about Jews. And by the way, about blacks too, and Asians. Though he's not alone among presidents in this regard, Roosevelt, as Professor Medoff writes, 
allowed his prejudices to influence his policies <coughs> regarding America's response to the persecution of European Jewry. Among other things, Roosevelt, quote, blamed Polish Jews for anti-Semitism in Poland, spoke of the understandable compl- complaints of the Germans about the prominence of Jews in some professions, boasted to a colleague that we know we have no Jewish blood in our veins, said FDR, helped bring about a quota on Jewish students admitted to Harvard and recommended that Jews be, quote, spread thin, unquote, around the world so they would not dominate any particular economy or culture. Did any of you know this about Roosevelt? Yes. Those of you who purchased or have read The Democrat Party Hates America. Then there was Joseph P. Kennedy, the patriarch of the Kennedy clan and powerful Democrat. He was a contemptible anti-Semite and pro-Third Reich, anti-Winston Churchill isolationist. I said isolationist. Who undermined U.S. policy as ambassador to Britain. Eventually, Kennedy resigned as ambassador. He was forced to. And the left-wing Daily Beast, Jacob Halbram, explains, with help of David Nassau's Kennedy biography, The Patriarch, that, quote, it was in Hollywood that Kennedy, Kennedy's mounting paranoia about Jews manifested itself. Kennedy saw everything in terms of ethnic groups, partly as a result of his own upbringing in Boston. Nassau explains that Kennedy suggested he would be Hollywood's white or non-Jewish knight, I'm quoting, and rescue it from the suspicion that its pictures were not to be trusted because they were produced by men who, through breeding and background, were morally untrustworthy, Jews. All his life, Kennedy would remain convinced that Jews acted as a cabal to serve their common interests, a mindset that would manifest itself most vividly in the run-up to World War II, when he blamed Jews for allegedly suborning Roosevelt for pursuing the nation's best interests abroad. But as I write here, there's a great deal more, but this is not a biography about Joe Kennedy. And it goes on. You have this pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist, and I might add, effectively pro-Nazi wing in the Democrat Party today. Today. And I have the guts to say it. And some of my brothers and sisters in conservative talk radio have the guts to say it. Very few others do. I want to make something abundantly clear. There is isolation and isolationism right up into the 1930s, right into the 1940s until we were attacked by Japan. It was led by Charles Lindbergh. Lindbergh. He started a group called America First. He didn't support providing Britain with any support whatsoever. And it was a movement that had attracted both the left and the right. And it had several hundred thousand members. Several hundred thousand members. Lindbergh led the movement. He wasn't the only one. After the attack on Pearl Harbor, he completely reversed course. And then urged his followers in the America First movement to reverse course and to help win World War II. But you see, 
something that isolationists don't understand is we might be isolationists. We might want everything to end at the border, but our enemies are not isolationists. They want to kill us and destroy us. They're not isolationists. Or if they can choke off our economy, strangle us that way. So isolationism always leads to horrendous American casualties. Always. Now this isn't an argument, it's not a black and white argument for interventionism at all turns. Or quote unquote endless wars. It's an argument for what I said in the last hour, what I wrote about in Liberty and Tyranny, that most of you enjoyed. Prudence. When communist China is building a nuclear arsenal to surpass ours in the next eight years, that has a much larger military in some aspects than we do, which doesn't care about civilians and civilian casualties which is pushing its economic stronghold and reach throughout every corner of the world, which has built an alliance with North Korea, Russia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, other Arab countries, certain African countries, countries in our home hemisphere, Central and South America, where it controls both ends of the Panama Canal, where our Navy has to use that route to get from one ocean to the other. We build it, and we gave it away. Oh, by the way, under Carter. When the enemy has a base in Antarctica, when the communist Chinese have built killer satellites, so our military, if it must go to war, is blinded, In the face of that, you're going to be an isolationist? And if you are, you are going to cause more deaths of Americans than anybody else. You, not you specifically, you know what I mean. The third party you. I hear it on TV and radio. Why are we involved in this? Why are we involved in that? If we're involved, we need to make sure it's prudent to be involved. And the way we're involved ought to be prudent. Every war can't be fought like Afghanistan and shouldn't be. Every war can't be fought like Iraq and shouldn't be. But that doesn't mean every war will be fought like Afghanistan or Iraq. And it doesn't mean that every confrontation that doesn't occur in Newark, New Jersey, or East Palo Alto, or St. Louis, is none of our business. As our enemies get stronger and stronger and stronger. Here's what I mean. Isolationists, while Hamas and other terror regimes have a presence on 300 of our college campuses. They're not isolationists. The communist Chinese have Confucius Institutes all through America on college campuses. They're not isolationists. Our enemies see weakness. They see a lack of fortitude from the ruling class and from the ruling class mouthpieces, some winning, some unwitting, in the media, including some people who claim to speak for you and me. Then one day we wake up and we're surrounded. Or one day we wake up and Pearl Harbor's attacked. I 
Are we ready for these things? No. We spend trillions on everything, but we refuse to muscle up the military. 19% increase for the EPA, 3% for the military, which doesn't even beat the rate of inflation. And we have an all-volunteer military. And it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller because our young people... Our young people are not interested in wokeness. They're not interested in belly dancers and drag queens. They're not interested in any of that crap. Those who are patriots who want to join the military, many are not. We're hollowing out our military, but even worse, we're hollowing out our resolve. We act like we can't do anything about what's going on on our college campuses, and we can. And we must. We act like the First Amendment is somehow a pledge, a pledge to allow terrorists and terrorist-linked individuals and organizations to have free run in this country. I want you to think about something. We have a judge in the Trump case in Washington, D.C., who is a despicable fraud. Despicable. Who has no respect for the Constitution. None. None. She has no respect for due process rights. She has no respect for free speech. She rejects, in my view, the Bill of Rights. She sides with the prosecutors. Like in tyrannical regimes where the judges are handpicked to go through the motions. She's going through the motions to get Trump convicted, to cripple him for the next election, should he be the nominee. So she can issue a gag order against a presidential candidate and a former president who's not even allowed to criticize the prosecutor or his staff? While they're leaking all over the media? And then we're told that terrorist organizations, terrorist surrogates, organizations funded directly or indirectly by terrorist organizations around the world that seek to destroy our country and are destroying our country, that they have free speech rights? They have free speech rights, but Trump does not. Now think about that. They have free speech rights, but elderly pro-life protesters in front of an abortion clinic, they don't have free speech rights? Are you kidding me? The Democrat Party is destroying our country. They're weakening us from within and then joined by some stupid Republicans and isolationist ideologues. They're destroying our country. As I said yesterday, you, you know, there's these umbrella groups and then they have these offshoots. The Democrat Party is the umbrella group with their media, with their judges, and all the rest of it. I'll be right back. Mark I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans, about a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this 
noble cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. Wouldn't it be wonderful if most of our colleges had the patriotism and love of country that Hillsdale College does under their great president, Larry Arn? I'll be right back. I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans, about a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this noble cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Governor DeSantis, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? Well, you are doing great. I'm doing fine, thank you. I mean, uh, you're a governor, and yet you're active, actually point a spear in trying to get Americans back, working with... Uh, Different companies, different commercial outlets, even military outlets and individuals. And now I see that you are uh, you're launching two massive cargo planes with supplies that you've gathered up uh, to go to Israel. Can you explain what you're doing? Because no other governor in the country is doing this. Well, Mark, when the attacks happened, I mean, obviously it was a, a very jarring thing, the barbarity of it. But in Florida, we have strong connections with Israel. We've got a lot of our residents who travel back and forth, have friends and family there. So we knew that this was going to be uh, have an impact on our state in a big way. And after a couple days, the people, the Floridians who were in Israel, the State Department, the embassy, they weren't doing anything to help them get out uh, of the war zone. And so I, last week I did an exam executive order. We scrambled our emergency response assets, and we said, you know what, we're going to have planes, and we're going to bring people back uh, from Israel back to Florida. And so we did uh, a plane this weekend, landed on Sunday night, 271. Uh, Not all Floridians, mostly, but, you know, there were other people that were stranded, and we want to help. We're all Americans, so we we helped them. 91 of them were children, and a lot of these children are elementary school age. And so I had one mother come to me say, you know, Governor, uh, for the last couple days, you know, my daughter was telling, six-year-old daughter was saying, I don't want any more rockets. I don't want to hear the rockets. I want to see Florida again. We got to get back to Florida. So we were able to make that happen. Uh, Here's the thing. The Biden administration, what they finally decided to do was they could dump people in Cyprus or dump you in Athens, Greece, 
but then they were going to charge you for that. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, first of all, how are they going to get from Greece back back home? Like a lot of people don't have never even been there. Second of all, you are a legal alien. You come across the border. Uh, this government will fly you at taxpayer expense, no cost to the illegal alien, all across this country. They will put you in hotels, uh, no cost to the illegal alien on the taxpayer, and they won't even think twice about it. But yet Americans, U.S. citizens trying to leave a conflict, they're going to charge you uh, and not even bring you all the way home. So it just shows you how this government operates. They put the American people last. They don't give a damn about our own citizens. They, they care about their own uh, twisted agenda. So we have a couple more planes that are going to be coming. One's going to come tomorrow with, I think, about 280. And then we're going to have another one. So we're going to have ended up bringing back between uh, 700 and 1,000 uh, U.S. citizens, mostly Floridians, from Israel to Florida. And when the planes go back, that's how we have the cargo. We've got a lot of people that have donated things. Uh, we've got stuff to move over there. So if the planes are going over there anyways, we want to be helpful. So we've worked with the Israeli government to be able to get them uh, a lot of stuff. And part of that is some of the generosity of our citizens here. Uh, but you know, Mark, when there's no leadership, you have a you have a choice. Are you just going to sit there and complain about it? Or are you going to step up and are you going to lead? So we choose to step up. We make things happen, particularly in times of crisis. That's just what you have to do. And I'll tell you, the folks that were uh, that my wife and I greeted on Sunday night, you know, they were very happy that somebody actually stood up for them. You know, you 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 fill the void in so many ways. I remember with the COVID nineteen, you took a position different than the government and so forth. But I want to ask you something: the missile embargo on Iran expires tomorrow. Nobody's talking about this. You have recently as well, but Biden's not talking about it. Uh, Blinken's not talking about it. Nobody you're running against is talking about it. The cap comes off tomorrow, which means they are free to build ICBMs. They're free to build whatever they want. They're free to sell them. They're free to give them to the Russians, to the communist Chinese. They're free to go, go all out for nukes. And nothing's being done about this. What's that? Well, but but I think this is intentional by Biden, Mark. I mean, what did he do when he came in? I mean, he relaxed sanctions on Iran. So they had, and we talk about this $6 billion deal recently, and I was one of the first out of the gate in August to condemn it because it was outrageous. But there's tens of billions that have flown into the Iran's coffers as a result of what Biden's done from day one of his presidency. And, of course, that was money that was then turned around and sent to Hamas and Hezbollah. And this attack may not have happened by Hamas had Biden not, uh, you know, loosened the screws uh, on the Iranians. And so even now... I think what he's trying to do by going over to Israel, I think he's trying to undercut uh, their ability uh, to completely decimate Hamas, because I think Biden wants to have a rapprochement with Iran, even to this day. You know, he hasn't taken any action uh, to tighten the financial screws uh, on the Iranians. I mean, why do we want them making a fortune on oil? Uh, so, so I think this is all part of a, a really twisted plan. I think that they have an ideological attachment to trying to have have a rapprochement with Iran. And look, these Iranian mullahs, you know, they have a religious ideology. Uh, when they get the money, they're not going to help their people. They're going to foment jihad around the Middle East. That is what they live for. 
And that's not going to change just because Biden's nice to them. So it's a total fool's errand. But I think he's intent on on undermining Netanyahu. And I think he's going to try to continue to have a rapprochement with Iran. It should be after this attack that that any of that with Iran, even from a Democrat administration, should stop. Um, and we should do whatever we can to put Iran in a box, both in terms of denying their ability to expand militarily and denying their ability to enrich themselves, whether it's through oil or other means. You know, in Florida, we announced expanded Iran sanctions the, a few days after the attack, where our view is, is there's a broader parts of the Iranian economy, not just with, it, with uh, energy, that, that we want to hit. And look, Florida, we're the 13th largest economy in the world if we were our own country. So, so we pack a punch, and so we're going to do those sanctions there because our view is money going into Iran, profits going into Iran, the regime is going to use that for funding terrorism. So we don't want to be a part of that in Florida. Coming to DeSantis, Qatar gives a safe haven to the top leadership of Hamas which has now killed 30 Americans and has God knows how many uh, kidnapped Americans. Turkey gives safe haven to the leadership of Hamas that Qatar doesn't take. Qatar has spent over the decades billions of dollars building up Hamas. And then Biden goes to Qatar to negotiate for the freedom of our kidnapped Americans. Qatar has enormous investments in this country. How come there's no pressure placed on Qatar or Turkey for what they're involved in here? Well, Blinken was was over there. I don't think he said anything about the Hamas leadership. He didn't pressure them at all. I mean, they have the leaders there. Uh, They've been funding uh, Hamas for for quite some time. And and that's something that I think most people have acknowledged for, for, for many, many years. And then Turkey, I mean, this is a supposed NATO ally. I mean, are you kidding me? So, yeah, look, I think that they have all these different things that they could be doing. And I think what the administration is going to start doing even more aggressively is they're going to basically be blaming Israel and say that there's civilian casualties, that this is all Israel's fault. I mean, you saw the corporate press lie today about this hospital. They blamed Israel for this hospital being bombed. It turned out it was a rocket launched and it misfired, but it was a misfired rocket from Palestinian Islamic Jihad. And yet this is front page top-of-the-fold news on all these news websites that somehow Israel did it. And I think they've now corrected it, but it's like Hamas says Israel does it, and you just take that and run with it. So there's a lot of propaganda that's being built up, marshaled against Israel. I think the Biden administration, because of their left-wing base, I think they want Israel to do very little. I don't think that they want them to go into Gaza and completely decimate Hamas, because I think that they think that that makes it harder uh, for them to deal with Iran the way they want to. And I think it will lead to uh, more domestic pressure on them, because the far left in this country, I mean, they've turned rapidly anti-Israel, and it's sad to see. I mean, when you look at these college campuses, you look at these big cities, uh, you know, we can have differences on politics and, and geopolitics, but when the blood wasn't even dried off these Israeli civilians, you had people out cheering on Hamas and the butchery, and it's just a real sickness in our society. Let me ask you a question. I've never asked you this. I consider you a good friend and your wife, good friend of the family as well. You're not Jewish. Even when you were in the House of Representatives, you really led the fight to move the 
U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. You see that part of the world, and Israel in particular, as crucially important. You speak out immediately when events like this take place, and you don't hesitate. You're not ambiguous. You also make it clear that you don't want Palestinians from Gaza or other areas of the world where they are trained and brainwashed in a culture of anti-Americanism, by the way, and anti-Semitism. Where do you think your, 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 your concern or your belief or really your love of the Jewish people comes from? Well, look, part of it is, I, you know, I had experience serving in the Middle East as an active duty naval officer in Iraq and places like Fallujah and Ramadi. And so I got a taste of the culture uh, of that region. Remember, there were elites in the United States saying, well, if you just topple the dictator, they want democracy and all this stuff. Well, it turns out uh, they didn't necessarily aspire to an American-style democracy. They viewed freedom as the imposition of Islamic law, Sharia law. So it was a different culture. And so I was like, okay, in this whole region, you've got this one little outpost that truly believes in freedom, the state of Israel. Uh, And they're the only one we can really count on in that entire region. And we have great economic ties. We have a lot of cultural affinity back and forth. Then it's also the case that Israel is unique because that is the birthplace of Western civilization. I mean, the Judeo-Christian values that have animated Western civilization in our country uh, were birthed there. And so it's not just a random country on a map. It's a place that has enormous historic significance. And I know you've been there, Mark, and if any of your listeners have been there, they'll know what I'm saying. If if people haven't, uh, when things settle down, it's something that you want to do. You can take out a Bible, and you can go where David fought Goliath. You know, you can go uh, and look to see where Jesus walked. All that stuff, it's all right there for you. Um, And it's a really, really moving experience when you're able to do it. So I think that there's a lot of factors as to why we have such a strong relationship. And um, look, they have a very tough neighborhood, uh, and they're standing for the right things. And the least we can do uh, is give them support. I think Biden and Blinken are saying one thing publicly, and some of that isn't even good. And then privately, they're really sticking it to the Israelis. They really are. Seven and a half hour discussions going on behind the scenes last night, where apparently they have written documents on what Israel can and cannot do and so forth. Who the hell runs a war this way? And who the hell imposes their will on another country this way? It's absurd. I mean, I can tell you as president, uh, we will support Israel's right to defend themselves, and that means defend yourself to the hilt. When you have a massacre of this scale, and Mark, if this were the equivalent of the United States with our population, because Israel is a very small country, this would be the equivalent of like 60,000 Americans being killed in a terrorist attack. I mean, I remember how I felt on 9-11 when we had 3,000. It was like the earth totally was shattered. Imagine if there was a terrorist attack that killed 60,000. That's what they're dealing with. You can't just say you're going to do a couple glancing blows at Hamas and then let this happen again. You need to totally eliminate Hamas. So, you know, look, the people like Blinken, all these uh, all these people, I don't see them calling for Hamas to release the hostages. I don't see them calling for Hamas to unconditionally surrender. It's all about what Israel can't do. So when I'm president, we're going to let them defend themselves. Uh, we're going to support them, uh, and we'll be willing to push back against the United Nations, fake media, all this stuff. 
that it always ends up arrayed against this tiny little democratic country in, in the Middle East. If people want to help you, Governor, where do they go? Website is rondesantis.com, rondesantis.com. You can also text FREEDOM to 512345. Uh, we'd love to have your support. I think that um, you know we've been doing an awful lot, particularly in the early states. Uh, our country is unraveling in many different ways, and, and we need strong, focused, disciplined leadership uh, to be able uh, to right the ship. And I'll get the job done for you. By the way, I see where Chris Christie's groups are trying to get Democrats to come to the Republican side so they can vote for him in the Republican primary. Something about that guy, Governor, I just can't stomach him, but that's my problem. I want to thank you, Governor DeSantis, for all you're doing for the American people. God bless you, my friend. God bless, Mark. Take care. You too. Do I owe you something, Mr. Reducer? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans, about a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this cause and you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service and pure talks plans start at just 20 bucks a month offering unlimited talk unlimited text more data and a mobile hotspot just go to puretalk.com slash levin l-e-v-i-n and make the switch let's rally together show our unwavering support for our veterans get the best service at the best price as well visit puretalk.com slash levin puretalk.com slash l-e-v-i-n and switch to pure talk today in less than 10 minutes it's the right move and it's the American way. So Russia and our new friends, the UAE, are calling for a UN Security Council meeting to condemn Israel for bombing a hospital. But Israel didn't bomb a hospital. The Palestinian terrorists bombed their own hospital. And maybe while they're having that UN Security Council meeting, they could talk about how many hospitals Putin has bombed in Ukraine. Maybe these 70,000 civilians that he's murdered. Why do we even belong to the United Nazis? That's what I call the UN. The United Nazis. They hate us. They hate the free world. They've taken it over. And for two decades I've been saying we should form our own organization. Democracies of the world. Seriously. And let all the Nazis have that group and kick them the hell out of New York. I have an idea, Mr. Producer. They can have their own buildings in Gaza. I'll be right back. You know, sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com, and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched to the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty, and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com Levin. 
H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and use code HELIXPARTNER20. That's HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long, folks. With Helix, better sleep starts now. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Jason Brodsky post this tweet I think the White House should be paying attention to the uh, Iranian Guard Quds Force commanders visits to Syria and Iran's regimes foreign ministers regional tour in recent days the messages are being exchanged yeah what about that Joe Biden actually Blinken probably wrote it put out a statement about the hospital explosion in Gaza now By now, Biden knows who did it. By now, he knows who did it. But here's his statement. Just showing how morally equivalent he views things. I am outraged and deeply saddened by the explosion at the Al-Ahi Arab Hospital in Gaza. The terrible loss of life that resulted. I don't even think he's put out a statement like this about the hundred thousands of Americans have died from fentanyl coming across our border. Has he, Mr. Producer? Ladies and gentlemen, has he even talked about what he's done to our country? Has he talked about 800 or so murders on the border? Has he talked about the women who have been raped and sold into sex slavery? And the children, too? And the drug cartels in our country? But as I said, the hundred thousand or so Americans who die every year because you won't seal the border? That he's outraged now, you see. He could do something about the border. He won't. He could do something tomorrow. In fact, he could do it tonight if somebody woke him up right now. I'm outraged and deeply saddened by the explosion at the Al-Alhi Arab Hospital in Gaza. The terrible loss of life that resulted. Immediately upon hearing this news, I spoke with King Abdullah II of Jordan. What does he have to do with anything? What does he have to do with anything? And Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel have directed my national security team to continue gathering information about what exactly happened. The United States stands unequivocally for the protection of civilian life during conflict, and we mourn the patients, medical staff, and other innocents killed or wounded in this tragedy. I despise this guy. He is the worst president in American history. Some might go back to the last century or before, but you know what? Considering what's at stake, nuclear weapons and all the rest, no, no, he's the worst president in American history. No other president would have a border open like this. None. None. No other president has. No other president would arm a terrorist regime like Iran that's trying to build and will build nuclear weapons aimed at us. And I could go on and on and on. And he dares to elect. Why doesn't he be specific? He can't even condemn. He can't even condemn the Islamic Jihad of Palestine. He can't even condemn them. Sickening. 
Marianne Moshiri is an anchor on the BBC, which may be the worst news outlet in the free world, but certainly up there with most of the rest of the American media. I want you to listen to this from the BBC yesterday. Cut nine, go. Now, before we go, earlier on BBC News, we reported on some of the pro-Palestinian demonstrations at the weekend. We spoke about several demonstrations across Britain during which people voiced their backing for Hamas. We accept that this was poorly phrased and was a misleading description of the pro-Palestinian demonstrations. Now, here's the weather. Now, here's the weather. You were right, and the BBC is a disgrace. Are we supposed to dumb ourselves down to accommodate terrorism, Mr. and Mrs. America? Is that what we're supposed to do? And our British friends? The people who are protesting now are not protesting for, quote-unquote, Palestinians. Is it coincidence that they're protesting now when Hamas has slaughtered Israelis, still shooting rockets into Israel? Is that a coincidence, pro-Palestinian? And by the way, if there's this great movement of Palestinians who are not anti-Semitic and really want to throw off these regimes... And I'm told over and over and over again, and so are you, that they're not the same. Okay, great. Where is the office of Palestinians for the existence of Israel? Where is that office in the United States, Mr. Producer? Where is it? Where's the office for the Palestinians that don't support the evisceration of, these, of Israel as a state? Where's that office? Where are they? You know what's interesting? You watch any cable show on any cable network. Can they find somebody who can say those things and prove it to us? Prove it to us. Rather than having these British people, American people, in other words, rather than having individuals who are not Palestinian, rather than having individuals who are basically Caucasians, they're not exclusively. Tell us what the Palestinians think. Why don't the Palestinians tell us what they think? Why not? And so there's protests in the street. Now, pro-Palestinian, they say. It's amazing. Listen to the way the media are so thoroughly and completely corrupt. I hear about the reports in New York. There's two sides. On the one side, you have the pro-Israel groups protesting, on the other, the Palestinian groups protesting. So they, they are talking about the Palestinians as supporting Hamas. Because look at the signs. Pro-Hamas, pro-extermination, pro-this, pro-that. So the media themselves, they're so stupid. Their IQs collectively are so low. They don't even know what the hell they're saying. They don't say on the one side you have the pro-Israel group, on the other side you have a pro-Hamas group. No, they say they're pro-Palestinian. So they're saying the Palestinians, Hamas, there's not a great difference between the two. I'm not even saying it, they're saying it. But why are we bending over backwards to lie to ourselves? The vast majority of Palestinians in the Middle East do not support an Israeli country of any kind, period. Period. And part of the reason is they've been brainwashed with lies about history. 
with Jew hate from a light from a young age. That's the culture they've been exposed to because of moderate Palestinian terrorists. Did you know there's a moderate Palestinian terrorist? Abbas. He's a moderate Palestinian. Look, 1972, the Munich Olympics, the Jews slaughtered there. That's so long ago, Mark. It's half a century ago. Just because Abbas funded it and planned it and had it executed, that doesn't mean he hasn't changed his ways now. Just because he's funding terrorism in violation of the Taylor Force Act, which Biden lifted. But Trump put in place, you know, the guy he wants to put in prison the rest of his life? Are going to listen to this sickening crap? Bend over back. But all the Palestinians aren't this way. All of them aren't this way. I know, and all the Germans weren't Nazis during World War II. What do you want me to do about it? What do you want us to do about it? The fact is the levers of power, enormous amount of power, are what they are. They are what they are. You know, it'd be nice if Joe Biden put out a statement being as nice and even-handed about those MAGA Republicans, the way he does with Hamas. You realize he hates MAGA Republicans more? Well, if he doesn't, he has a funny way. Well, my Mark, he's got these two massive, you know, flotillas of shit. I don't care what he has. He has them out there while he's undermining the Israeli government that wants to put an end to their enemy that slaughtered their people. And they not only have to defeat the enemy in what might be urban alley-to-alley, house-to-house, room-to-room combat. But now he's tying the Israelis' hands behind their backs. They want to fight the enemy. They want to beat the enemy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. It's a pleasure to have Senator Rick Scott on the program. Senator uh, is watching at a press conference. Very impressive. The Biden administration, well, sir, has been arming the enemy. The president's now going over there after Blinken to undermine the prime minister's ability to fight that war. They're already taking, like, victory laps or something's going on there. What do you make of all this? Well, so Biden, everybody around him, they're appeasers. I mean, I mean... We must never, ever forget, babies were beheaded. Children were burned alive. Teenage girls were raped and then burned alive. 
There's an elderly woman, Holocaust survivor, that was paraded through the streets of Gaza and killed. Kids watched their parents being murdered, and now they're in, now they're in Gaza. 250 youth were killed at a at a um, a, a festival. We got 30 Americans. Where is the outrage by the Biden administration about 30 Americans? And we don't know exactly how many 30 Americans killed, and now we, we don't know how many Americans are held hostage. Where's the outrage by the Biden administration about what the hell Iran and Hamas did? By the way, this is not Hamas by themselves. This is Iran. This is Iran, Iran, Iran. We've got to do everything we can to absolutely destroy, destroy every member of Hamas. I want every member of Hamas dead. What they mm-hmm. did is disgusting, and Iran has to be held accountable. And this president, wake the hell up, because this is going to happen in this country if we don't start standing up for our friends like Israel, standing up for our Jewish friends, and secure our darn border. What is it with this guy in the border, Senator? I mean, you see what's going on. We have people on the watch list coming across we have more than we've ever caught before. God knows what we haven't caught. What is it about this man that won't secure this border? I have no. But why aren't Democrats calling him out? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we are. You and I are blessed. We have families, right? Mm-hmm. I've been blessed. I have seven grandchildren. I don't want them to die of like what's happened to these these uh, Jewish kids. I don't want them to die of fentanyl. Who who does? But this mm-hmm. guy, the Biden, and it's not just Biden, it's the Democrat, the entire Democrat Party. Not one of them, not one of them will call out, right? I've been in the Senate now for five years. I've had three years with Biden. My Eucharist comes and says, the border's secure, right? You know, this stuff, these people are crazy. And you know what? It's going to get us killed. And I'm not going to allow it to happen. I'm going to fight this up. I mean, giving Iran $6 billion and giving money to the Palestinians to use to what? Would you give somebody wants to kill you, Mark, and you're going to say, hey, if I give you a little money, will you um, not do it? Right. Give me a break. They want to kill. They want to kill Israel, destroy Israel, kill the Jews. They went in death to America. Let's take them at their word. Let's take them at their word. They want to destroy us. Look at what they've done in, in Israel. Show the heck up, Biden. Now listen to this from USA Today right now. With Israel on the verge of launching a ground war against Hamas, fears are rising the latest conflict could engulf the Middle East. So why is Biden going, Biden going there is to de-escalate the conflict. De-escalate it? He fed it. He helped pay for it. And well, I don't know what they mean, I, de-escalate, that there's one country against all the rest of them. Well, by the way, does he not give a damn about the 30 Americans killed? Does he doesn't care that we have hostages? doesn't even talk never about hear him talking about it. No, he doesn't even talk about it. I mean, there, I don't know how many American hostages are on top of Israel. Senator, how about the hostages and, in Afghanistan? He never talks about that anymore either. Our Americans are there. No. Right. I mean, it's like this guy doesn't care. And the, But just remember, it's not just him. The entire Democrat Party does not care. We brought they in over 20,000 people from Afghanistan. We don't even know who they are. They're, and they're around somewhere around this country. Are they going to harm us? I don't know. The Democrat Party won't even put down the Hamas wing of the party with AOC and Talib right. and, and those people. Schumer doesn't even criticize them. Schumer nope. doesn't criticize them. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries doesn't criticize them. 
Biden doesn't criticize them. Let me ask you something. Is there a single Republican, one in the House of the Senate that agrees with this squad or whatever the hell they call themselves? Not one. Not one. It's amazing. We, I mean, who could stand for a baby mutilator? Mm. Who would want to stand with them? All right. And by the way, if you're not an American citizen, you ought to get the hell out of our country if you support Hamas. Yeah, get out. You ought to get deported. Yeah, get out. I don't want you here. I don't want you around my kids, my grandkids. I don't want you around anybody in this country. Get the hell out of our country. And I don't know why that's controversial. That used to be American policy. If you, if you, if you side with an enemy or people that want to kill us, the whole point of immigration is to improve our country, not to open our doors to every reprobate who wants to come in. Right. And they want to bring in people from Gaza into our country. But, but Jordan, take them. You support them. Right. I want, Iran, I want you, you to listen them. to this, How Senator. About Egypt? How about I want you to listen to this, Mr. Producer. Pull that clip. The King of Jordan, if you have it there, please. Go ahead and play it for the senator. On the issues of refugees coming to Jordan, and I think I can quite strongly speak on behalf not only of um, um, uh, Jordan as a nation, but of uh, our friends in Egypt, that is a red line. Uh, because I think that is the plan by certain of the usual suspects to try and create de facto issues on the ground. No refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt. So the Israelis want to create a problem, you see. Uh, Jordan used to be the home to most of the Palestinians. Uh, they tried to overthrow his father, so they pushed them all out in a terrible civil war. Uh, and, uh, of course, Egypt is blocking the passageway for the Palestinians to leave. So you don't have a single Arab country that wants them. Not one. Why is that? No, but, yeah, well, they, know what, they know what it is. It's a bunch of people that hate other people. I mean, they, they've, been, they've been brought up to hate Israel. They've been brought up to hate Jews. It's this hatred, hatred, hatred. Do you want them in your country? I don't want them in this country. So when Biden talks like, oh, you know, some of these people say, oh, we ought to bring them here. No way. There is no way in God's green earth that one of these individuals uh, should come here. I mean, and by the way, you know, Egypt and all these people that we you know want to go fight for Palestinian rights. Okay, just open your, open your borders. Mm-hmm. You go fight for it. Let, let them just in your borders. That way you don't have to fight for them. They'll all be, they all be in your borders. And well, Hamas, Senator, they're killing their own citizens. This is ridiculous. Everything you say and I say will be considered controversial, but I want you to know something. We don't give a damn what the media have to say. We don't give a damn what these left-wing front groups have to say, or Students for Justice in Palestine, or the usual Marxists and the rest of them. They don't matter to us. We're talking to patriotic Americans. It's that is that. Right. All right, Senator. Well, we love this country. Mark, we love this country. You're right. I mean, there's no place like this country. Why do the Democrats want to ruin it? I mean, well, why they do they want to ruin our country? I wrote a whole book on this. The Democrat Party hates America. You ought to check it out, by the way. Senator, thank you so much, and thank you for your patriotism. All right. Thanks, Mark. Have a good night. And you too. God bless you. It's Rick Scott. He's really solid. Solid up against, you know, McConnell. Solid on the issues, under attack by Biden. But he's speaking the truth, you see, and you're really not allowed to do that. We tip our hat to Senator Rick Scott. When we come back, in the Wall Street Journal, there's an opinion piece. The siege of Hamas is no war crime. You've heard the opposite, because the media lie and lie, and they lie some more. By Eugene Konorovich. 
law professor and expert on the subject. We'll be right back. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. Reporting from Israel. Not me, the story. Israel media is reporting that the IDF has a recording of a conversation between Islamic Jihad terrorists confirming that they launched the rocket that hit the Gaza hospital. It will be reported, it will reportedly be released shortly. I repeat, Israeli media is reporting that the IDF has a recording of a conversation between Islamic Jihad terrorists confirming that they launched the rocket that hit the Gaza hospital. It will reportedly be released shortly. Now, you know damn well that Joe Biden had this information from the Israelis when he released that statement. I don't care how many ships they put in the Mediterranean, America. Joe Biden is stabbing Israel in the back, and in doing so, he's putting our armed forces in the region at risk, too. Let me repeat it. He's stabbing Israel in the back, and in doing so, he's also putting our own American armed forces in danger. This is a gravely dangerous and sick man, Joe Biden. It's amazing that the Israelis have to do this because people want to believe Hamas. The media want to believe. Prove it to us. Prove it to us. What a bunch of scum. I don't know what else to call them. Now I'm going to read something to you. And this gentleman will be a guest on my Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, two days, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, Eastern, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, This in the Wall Street Journal, the siege of Hamas is no war crime. Israel's critics level false war crimes charges to keep the Jewish state from defending itself. By the way, this includes Biden and Blinken. And of course, almost every college campus and all the rest of it. Says most victims of October 7 massacre in Israel weren't yet buried. When some prominent international voices, including U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders, the nonprofit Human Rights Watch, And Joseph Burrell, the European Union's top diplomat, suggested that Israel's first efforts to defend itself are war crimes. This raises an important question. Does international law require a nation to choose between committing war crimes and having war crimes committed against it? The answer is no. One of the great tragedies of war is that civilians often become victims. That is why countries like Israel resort to war only as self-defense which according to the United Nations Charter is every nation's inherent right. But if even unintentional harm to civilians constitutes illegal collective punishment, quote-unquote, as Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has called Israel's operation in Gaza, even defensive wars effectively preclude Why do we even care what that little bastard has to say? 
says the law of war prohibits directly targeting civilians. Israel has made clear that its objectives are only military. Quote, the IDF will destroy Hamas, said Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, said Thursday. And we will hunt down every last man with the blood of our children on, its, on their hands. But military targets can be attacked, even when doing so may result in the loss of civilian life. International humanitarian law requires that civilian casualties from a particular action be balanced against, quote, anticipated military advantage, a rule known as proportionality. In practice, as this rule is understood by Western countries, even significant civilian casualties don't necessarily make strikes on legitimate targets illegal. Hamas has violated international law by hiding among civilians. But international law doesn't reward the use of human shields. Instead, it makes clear that the presence of civilians within a near mili- or near military objectives does not render subjectives immune from attack. Israel's critics wanted to fight in a way that would have made it impossible for democracies to wage war in every conflict from World War II to the U.S.-led campaign against ISIS, which killed about 10,000 civilians by some estimates. Now, a legal analysis, he writes, of Israel's response must take into account the barbary and scale of Hamas's attack. Israel now knows that Hamas's goal is the annihilation of the Jewish people in the Jewish state. Defeating Hamas isn't simply a tactical military goal, but an existential national one, a military objective of the highest order. There's no basis on which to bar Israel ex ante from a generally lawful means of warfare, such as siege, or maneuver in urban areas. Israel's critics will denounce any significant measure the country deploys as a war crime. Israel has laid siege to Gaza, prompting the usual array of EU-funded organizations to accuse the starving civilians and violating the law of war. But seize is actually legitimate, an ordinary part of lawful war. In the words of the U.S. Defense Department, Law of War Manual. A West Point law professor, Sean Watts, put it in writing in 2022. Quote, siege or encirclement, as military doctrine refers to it, is an essential aspect of modern military operations. Only starvation directed specifically at civilians is prohibited. And this should be obvious. An army need not help its enemy obtain provisions during a conflict. Can you imagine that, that he has to actually write this? The insanity of this administration? When military objectives and civilians are intermingled, siege aimed at the former also will affect the latter. As with other situations of collateral damage to civilians, international law permits a siege as long as it isn't, quote, for the purpose of denying sustenance to the civilian population. There's no indication that Israel has any strategy of starving out civilians, nor could it. Gaza has a long border with Egypt, which has long been used by Hamas to smuggle supplies. The evacuation of civilians is a standard measure to avoid humanitarian crises. Israel has moved tens of thousands of its own citizens away from the area along the Gaza border. Hamas, by contrast, has ordered its civilians to stay put, presumably to increase the tally of civilian deaths for propaganda purposes. And Egypt is cruelly denying entry to those fleeing the war zone. Israel's critics clearly aren't interested in saving civilian lives, but they aren't offering to take in Gaza's civilians. Nobody says refugees from Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan should be trapped in conflict zones. European countries consider it a virtue to accept them as refugees. But the Humas' human shields, the world says, don't go anywhere. We want you right where you are.
It's unclear whether such voices are merely naive or wish to leave Israel perpetually exposed to genocide. What is clear is that if these voices prevail, the commitment of modern international law will have changed from never again to whenever they want. Now, Katoranovich is the head of the International Law Department of the Colette Policy Forum, a Jerusalem think tank and professor of George Mason University, Scalia Law School. All this stuff about war crimes is a lie. An absolute lie. And the people keep bringing up proportionality, as the professor says, don't even know what they're talking about. Proportionality allows Israel to do what Israel wants to do. I thought you should know the facts about this situation. Then there's this article, as I was reading in part, or mentioning in part, to uh, Senator Rick Scott. USA Today, the U.S. is ramping up its firepower in the Middle East. A last-minute presidential visit to Israel's plan before the first tanks roll into Gaza. Blinken held marathon negotiations in Tel Aviv that were interrupted by the sound of air raid sirens prompting a dramatic dash to a bunker. So there he is, the idiot. He's negotiating peace terms for the enemy. And they almost hit the conference room in which the idiot is sitting. And he runs to the bunker. Then he gets back up trying to, again, negotiate terms. Despite Biden's admonition, there are signs that groups in the Middle East are bracing for a broader war. So Biden should put the, the shoulder to the Iranians and Hezbollah and just tell them. He doesn't have to even tell them publicly. Not don't. Don't. The answer should be, you do this, and holy hell will be unleashed on your countries, or your country, and on Hezbollah. I won't tell you how, I won't tell you where, I won't even tell you who's involved. But I can assure you, the plans are in place, because they ought to be in place. Especially with Iran. And what kills me here is Donald Trump, without firing a bullet in Tehran, was destroying the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, the way Reagan destroyed the Soviet Union. He was choking them off economically. The people were rising up to overthrow that regime. And in steps Biden. That's why I have no faith in him. He's a grave danger to the United States. He's a grave danger to Israel. Our enemies. You know, you remember the last election... Mr. Producer in America, when Biden was running, not the midterm, but the presidential election. And I don't want you to pull all the audio clips. I don't have to prove it. Everybody who listens knows it. And I said, our enemies are rooting for Joe Biden. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Over and over again, our enemies want Joe Biden to win. I said, Russia, Iran, China, and the rest of them. That's exactly what's happened. When Senator Scott kept talking about the Democrat Party, he's 100% right. They've done nothing to secure the border and prevent fentanyl from coming in this country to kill 100,000 people. They circle the wagons around Biden. Most of the Democrats in Congress, if not all of them, will not criticize Biden over what he's done with Iran and the Palestinian terrorists funding them and so forth. Most of them, but not all of the Democrats, say they support Israel, but do they and how? And how? I'll be right back. 
My final comments will be about what's taking place in the House of Representatives. I just read a story that the public is now blaming the Republicans. Blaming the Republicans for the dysfunction in the House of Representatives. These fools are going to squander what little majority they have, and they're going to ensure that Hakeem Jeffries is the Speaker of the House, and let me tell you, every Democrat will vote that way. Unfortunately, what you're seeing is the ugly underbelly of some of these politicians who are narcissistic or egomaniacs who want to win a point or settle scores rather than serve the country. Now, that doesn't mean we want spending like drunken Marxists. That doesn't mean we want an open border. That doesn't mean we want things to go as usual. But it's not a parliament. And anarchy is not conservatism. They were making great headway with McCarthy. But they got rid of him. Now we're at the precipice of maybe having Jim Jordan, but the rhinos are objecting. So we have the boneheads and the rhinos. Not conservatives. But they'll be held to account. Many of the leaders of this movement may think they're in safe seats. They're going to be defeated. I told one of my friends, you better not take this race, this upcoming election for granted. You better raise more money than you ever had before and ring more doorbells than you ever had before. Because people are going to lash out. And by that, I mean conservatives. If you don't have a speaker, you can't cut spending. If you don't have a speaker, you can't secure the border. If you don't have a speaker, you can't prepare for a military attack by communist China. If you don't have a speaker, you can't start to hold hearings to defund these colleges and universities with all these Hamas platforms. You can't do anything. So we're squandering time. We're killing time. Every day there's not a Republican speaker. Every single day the Democrats win. The Democrats win. Why? Because the government chugs along. The spending chugs along. The illegal immigrants coming into the country, it chugs along. It just keeps going and going and going. So rather than a 30% cut on discretionary domestic spending and more security in the border, which is what had been negotiated when the eight boneheads, the phony conservatives, kicked it out and killed it. Now we have this. Now we have the rhinos. They're upset. They don't necessarily dislike Jim Jordan. They don't like the way his people were to Scalise. What is this, third grade? Are we in the, uh, are we at recess? On the kickball field, what's going on with these guys? They seem like adults to you. They're not even arguing over principle anymore. In fact, they weren't in the first place. So many people got suckered. Talk show hosts, TV hosts. Maybe some of you, you got sucked into this stupidity. To oppose anarchy is to support conservatism. To oppose the Democrats is to support conservatism. To support cutting spending by 30% and securing the border, that's conservatism. So those who voted to oust McCarthy, they lit the fuse, the eight boneheads led by Gates. And now the 20 rhinos have thrown in, by the way, this guy Ken Buck is a nut. He's a narcissistic nut. It's time to resign, you moron. 
spending all your time on CNN. You want a job there anyway. You're really not treating your constituents very well. Get the hell out of Congress. Go sit next to Jake Tapper, your boyfriend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers and freedom fighters all over the world. And I want the people of Israel to know who are listening to this program, we stand with you. I'll see you tomorrow.